Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Train Talk with Train Tech. You know, in our last uh, session, we started a walkthrough of DCC uh, operating systems. So we're going to pick back up on that thread today. And, of course, I've got Gary Polino of Train Tech on the phone with me. He's up in Boston. And, of course, Train Tech is your uh, model train control professional group up there. So, Gary, let me ask you, when we look at what we're going to do, we talked about power requirements in one sense, but what about if we want sound or, you know, if we're running silent, we're not going to do sound, what's the impact or the influence there? Well, there's, there's two things to consider with that, um, you know, whether you're running with sound decoders or silent motor and lighting only um, decoders. I mean, part of that is just kind of a personal choice as to um, how noisy you want your railroad to be. Um, but it does definitely play a role in um, system selection because if uh, if you know that, you know, your long-term plan is to have um, quite a few sound-equipped um, locomotives, um, the sound decoders versus the, the, the non-sound ones, they definitely draw more power because they've got an amplifier on there. And um, so in your system selection process, uh, you know, you've got, to, you've got to keep that in mind. So when you're looking at systems and you know you're going to go with sound decoders, you know, you may not want to um, start out with one of the lower power systems. Um, for, for example, um, NCE has a, um, a great little entry-level system there, power cab, and it's rated around 2 amps. Um, that's they marketed at two amps, but it actually runs around 1.8. But it's still adequate for running a couple of locomotives. Um, but if you know you're going to be starting right off with half a dozen, um, you know, Atlas Golds that have the QSI sound system in them, or um, you know, if you've got a lot of soundtrack tsunamis or ESUs, um, you may want to take a look at a five amp system instead because you're you're going to max out the lower power system pretty quickly because you've got that increased power draw on the sound decoders. Okay. What's a typical, <clears throat> give us a reference point. If I'm looking at a uh, Genesis or a Kato or a new MTH or just anything in, in recent vintage, what kind of amperage is the motor itself drawing? In um, HO scale, um, an Atherin Genesis, for example, um, you know, the, the motors that are in these locomotives today are, are, are pretty efficient. And, you know, there's a lot of reading material out there. And, you know, some um, some articles that I've seen, that you know, they say that you should figure, you know, close to an amp per locomotive. Well, it's it's possible older locomotives are going to draw that that kind of current to something that has an old old open um, core motor with that's um, wound. But some of the newer ones, you know, you're looking at maybe a half an amp max, and that's that's pretty loaded. I mean, um, and you can based on that, um, you know, with a five amp system, you know, you, you're you can you can run ten locomotives with that pretty easily, and that's and that's a pretty good size railroad. Okay. Um, you know, to be able to have um, you know ten locomotives running at the same time, so that you know that might be anywhere from you know four to half a dozen trains at the same time, and um, a lot of us don't have the luxury of that kind of real estate to be running that. But um, you know, if you 
you build if you like consists, especially if you like running coal trains or something like that. You know, you could have three, four engines on the head end of uh, of that, and you know, you've got a pretty good power draw there. But um, for modern locomotives, I would say, uh, you know, figure maybe somewhere in the range between a quarter to a half an amp. Um, if you've got some of the older Atherin Blue Box um, or some of the older brass locomotives that have um, open core motors, um, and by that I mean if you've ever seen some of the older motors, um, they don't have a nice housing over them. When you look at them from the outside, you can actually see the winding. Um, so those types of motors tend to um, to run a little heavier, and some of those can run as much as an amp. Or uh, some of the older bra- uh, brass locomotives, we've seen them, you know, upwards of an amp and a half. So that's um, you know that's something that you'll you have to consider. But that's all. You know, we'll talk about that when we get into decoder installations. Okay. Now, can you give us in an overview? You said there's an influence because of the amplifier uh, for the speaker and stuff. Then is there a good ballpark of how much uh, draw that that will add? Um, well, the, when yeah, when I was going through that with a sound locomotive, um, you know, you 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 still probably be around in the in the half amp range. You know, the half inch to maybe uh, maybe a three quarter amp if if you're you know you're really pushing it, but. Okay. Um, with, with these modern locomotives, the motors are pretty efficient, and we don't have to calculate quite as high as some of the older ones. So I'd say, you know, with a with a sound sound equipped locomotive um, with a modern motor in it, I would say about a half an amp is a is a good figure to use for calculation. Okay. Now, besides the basic power of the unit, uh, what are we looking for, in your opinion, for must-have features? Um, in, in my opinion, in today's age where we have the technology, um, ra- you can't beat going radio control or wireless control. Okay. Uh, because you you just you just have total freedom to go around the layout room or, or anywhere you need to go, and um, and the, and the systems now, um, you know, you've got full access. Uh, you know, um, Digitracks. Um, up until a couple of years ago, you know, they uh, you could pretty much do anything wirelessly. But if you needed to acquire a locomotive or um, build a consist, you had to plug your throttle and do that and then unplug. But now they've gone to a full duplex communication, so um, the sky's the limit as far as what you uh, what you're capable of doing. Um, so, if you know, for me, if I was looking for a system now, that would probably be one of the the number one um, features that I would look for. Okay. What's this I hear, uh, EMF? Did I say that correctly? Um, I guess you're probably referring to, like, back EMF. Yes, um, back EMF. And, and um, that's actually a very a very cool technology that has evolved um, in decoders in a very short time. Um, Bernard Lenz, um, as he has been right along, one, uh, one of the pioneers in DCC, um, Lenz really uh, had a lot of that feature in their in their decoders and and what it is uh, back emf um, is essentially if you look at a motor and a generator they're essentially the same thing a motor we apply electrical energy to it and we get mechanical energy out of it um, you know on the shaft and a generator we spin the armature mechanically 
such as like spinning it with a gas-powered or diesel-powered motor, and then we wind up getting electrical energy out of it. So what they're basically doing is we apply power to the motors in our locomotive via the decoder. Now that motor starts spinning, and while it's spinning, it's actually generating a minute amount of voltage. And what they're doing with the decoder technology now is they're actually reapplying that little bit of energy back to the motor. And it's essentially creating cruise control for your locomotive. So that way, you know, if you just crack the throttle and that locomotive starts out at uh, speed step one, just crawling along as the locomotive moves along the track, if the motor needs a little bit more power, the decoder has the intelligence to apply that back EMF to the motor for a nice, consistent, slow-speed operation. And if you if you ever want to um, actually put it to the test, um, if you've got a locomotive that has a good back EMF in it, if you just start it at speed step one and then put your finger on the front coupler and try okay. to just put a little bit of resistance on the locomotive, and you'll actually feel the locomotive load up against your finger. It's cause, okay. because it's sensing that load and it's applying a little bit more voltage to the motor to try to compensate for that and maintain the speed. That is so cool. I've never heard it explained that way. Yeah, it's, um, it's a very neat technology, and it's come a long way in a very short time. And, um, you know, the, most of the manufacturers at this point, they've all, you know, going to that technology. And some of them, it's just amazing that, you know, you just put the speed, your throttle at speed step one, and you actually have to really look at the locomotive to make sure that it's moving when, you know, when in fact it is. No kidding. Okay. What else? Is there anything else that uh, we should be looking at when we evaluate it? Well, as far as um, systems go, um, you know, we talked about radio. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that we see with our customers the most, a lot of um, a lot of uh, customers pay attention to throttle ergonomics. Oh. And um, if you take a look at a lot of these systems, you'll, you'll see the throttles have a lot of very different shapes. And, you know, what feels good to me may not feel good to, um, to you. And, and what we found is uh, a lot of the guys... Um, that um, that go with the NCE system, for example, if you look at that throttle the way they have, um, they have a a thumb wheel that's kind of in the middle of the throttle, and then you've got you've got your headlight button and your horn button and the bell button, and some of the most frequently operated um, features of the throttle they're all right within a little circle around where your thumb would sit in the middle of the throttle, and um, and that there that particular feature there. Um, we see a lot of a lot of customers migrate um, to that, and we also see um, as another feature that draws um, some some folks in is with the Digitrax throttle. If you look at their DT402 throttle, they've actually got two knobs on it. Now, all these systems, for the most part, they all have the ability to run multiple trains at the same time and they have ways on the throttle that you can toggle you know between the addresses as you're as you're operating um, but the digitrax they've actually got two knobs there so they're actually two independent throttle knobs and um, we see guys they like having that direct access with the two knobs um, to quickly access whatever uh, two trains they might be running at the same time and um, 
we we did some experimenting with my own my own railroad. Uh, I've I've actually got all the systems installed in my layout so that I can <laughs> um, so that I can train with them. And uh, you know, if we need to do any tech support, it's always good to try to keep up on our game. Yeah. Um, but my railroad, um, you know, we let, we run a lot of coal, and um, I've got some pretty good grades that we put in um, because I like to run helper service. And what was really cool when we were experimenting with the Digitrax throttle is I would put the head end consist on the left hand knob, and then I put the uh, helper consist on the right hand knob, and I would control the two sets of consist uh, independently. And what you do is you just watch the slack in the middle of the train, and you know which one you got to kick up and back down, and it's, uh, it really makes for a pretty neat operating experience. Wow, and you do that with all with one handheld. Yes. Um, so, so throttle ergonomics um, is uh, is something else that um, you might want to take into play. Um, you, you know, if you if you have a local a local shop um, that has the ability um, to demonstrate the um, the the features of uh, of a DCC system. You know, it's you know we highly recommend the opportunity to, uh, to put the throttle in your hand and, um, and, okay. and test it out. Um, you know, folks that are um, in remote locations might not have uh, access to a hobby shop very easily. Um, you know, you're always always welcome to call us and we can talk about the different pros and cons and uh, and guide you as to based on what you're what you're interested in doing. Um, and I don't want to leave out um, Lens or MRC because you know they've got very good systems too. Um, the lens system is a it's a very uh, sleek Euro style uh, throttle, and it's all keypad push buttons at, um, that that um, really streamline operations. Um, it's an easy throttle to use. Um, it's just in the very beginning. Sometimes uh, users have a little bit of um, trouble with because they use a menu-driven system to access different features of the throttle, and you you just have to learn those uh, menu commands a little bit in the very beginning. But once you know them, it, it's um, second nature. And okay. um, and with lens, um, you know, I, I like to always talk about that. You know, they were you know the uh, one of the pioneers in uh, in DCC. And uh, they've got a, a pretty bulletproof, bulletproof um, system, um, so much so that they actually put a 10-year warranty on uh, on their product. Um, you know that that tells you a lot uh, right there. And um, and then of course then we've got um, MRC is another very popular brand. Um, they've got a throttle. It's uh, it's shaped similarly to the NCE system, um, but instead of having like a thumb wheel. Uh, the NCE does. They have a a larger knob near the bottom of the um, throttle, and um, you know some users like that. They'd like a, a little bit bigger knob for uh, for controlling, and uh, sometimes for for kids for operation too. A knob is a little bit simpler to use, uh, and and all of the manufacturers also also make uh, what sometimes you'll hear is uh, referred to as an engineer's cab, and. Basically, what it is it's a very small mini version of a throttle, and a lot of times they're very basic. They just have a, a knob on them. Sometimes it's just a toggle switch for the direction, and you know they'll have function keys available on there, also to access if you've got sound locomotives for the horn, the bell, and light, and so forth. Um, so throttle ergonomics is is probably um, one of the next biggest features um, to consider in a system. 
Okay, and that wraps up today's show of Train Talk with Train Tech. I'm your host, Paul Gillette. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly learned a lot. Join Gary and I for the next show when we continue to explore the basics and more advanced topics of DCC.